So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this special Monday edition, uh, Victoria Day edition of Everyday Connection on May the 20th, 2013. I am yet again Rico Shields. And here's on my left, some mini long yonder, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I am adjusting to this early morning thing. <laughs> that yeah. we're yeah. we, we used to do this. Long time ago. Long time um, ago. Coffee with source. Long time ago. Of course, we didn't have guests, we, so we felt like we didn't have to behave, I suppose. Absolutely. And <laughs> as I tell people, I always behave. Sometimes I behave badly. Other times I behave well. Just I mean, It's still behaving. Always it's behaving. You look at it. That's always behaving. Always behaving. And um, But it is a little odd. Uh, Molly gave me a strange look when I... Uh, walked in the kitchen a minute ago to fill up coffee and be ready for the show because I walked in with my headset on and she just looked at me Quite like, right. what, what, what? What are you doing? Wrong you time doing? of day for that. We don't, what? <laughs> supposed to take me for another walk here in about 10 minutes. What are you, what? <laughs> it's okay. It's 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 good for the soul every once in a while to mix it up, I think. And, and look at this, it, I mean, for once, we don't have a UK guest who's getting up at two in the morning. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Right. We're Which doing, is good. Doing I think. A UK three in the afternoon show as opposed to a yeah the AM show, which yeah is uh, we had poor Lena from Sweden that was on at three AM her time not long ago last week not oh. long ago yes yes before we we scheduled her in though before we decided to start doing this so um you know right. in all fairness. In all fairness, we did. We got two months fairness. out, two and a half months yeah. out on the schedule, and we just had so many people <laughs> that were wanting to come on and that we wanted to have on, and and why wait? We wanted exactly. You know, I want it exactly. all, and I want it right now. Absolutely, right? absolutely, absolutely. There's no other way to do it, really. Yeah. And it's nice. It's nice to be able to um, have the extra time slots so that we can accommodate guests from on the other side of the big pond, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have we have so many and we used to yeah. Yeah. we'd we'd do the Australian folks cuz you know, it'd be the next morning for them so we could have them on the <laughs> show. Uh but uh we've had more than one uh, yeah. guest from the UK or the continent that has simply said no. <laughs> <laughs> 3 a.m.? No. <laughs> no. 
just going to do that. Um, can't, and can't blame and I totally get that. I wouldn't get up at 3 a.m. either. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. 10 a.m. I will, though. Absolutely. George has gotten me up at 3 a.m. No, once or twice, but... Well, yes, it's been an hour, but not to do a show, my friend. Well, and not with any predictability, reliability, so. Yeah, yeah, not a scheduled wake-up call, certainly. It's just a get-out-of-bed kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, George, I'm sleeping. So um, other than than that, actually, which is not bad, because I've been up for hours now, so I'm wide awake. Uh, It's typical rainy day here, springtime, Canada, mountains. More flowers, more trees, more um, plants, and that's about all the excitement that's gone on around here this well, weekend. It's been, yeah, it's been and of course it's a holiday, week. which I suppose. Well, and that's I was going to say we've got this Victoria Day thing, and we talked about <laughs> our pre-show soundcheck call and discovered that we're having a Victoria Day special, but none of us really knew exactly what the heck that was. So, um, but you looked it up and said, now you know, it's May 2-4. Well, no, I knew it was May 2-4. Ah. And I knew it was Victoria Day, but um, I thought it was just in in, um, commemoration of the Queen Victoria, but I didn't realize it was actually a celebration of her birthday. And, I mean... In Canada, especially as a young person, you grow up knowing that it's May 2-4 weekend. And, and that's kind of funny because it's Victoria Day. It's such a big deal, I guess, to some. But um, Well, and because you May, know what four May 2 stands weekend for, is. The 2-4 stands for <laughs> beer. I'll say well, it. Well, yes. Beer, I, yes. I imagine because May 2-4 weekend is your thing to go get potted. At your cabin or whatever <laughs> on the long weekend, which again seems yes, because it's, it's the first long weekend of the spring or the summer, right? Yeah, or, we or do March, that here. First long weekend of uh, we call it Memorial Day, and it's right. this is next week, and and of course barbecues and hoo haws and parties. Yeah, barbecues and, and here we go. And some people jump right. the jump the gun or are rehearsing. My neighbor was cooking a pot of crawfish out in the parking lot yesterday. And uh, we'll practice session for next weekend. I guess. And um, but of course, it can't actually be Queen Victoria's birthday because it says here it's celebrated on the last Monday before May twenty fifth. Right. Which it, which is interesting in and of itself because I mean, why would you want to actually celebrate on the date of her birthday, whatever that happened to be? Um, what is interesting though, I noticed as I just said, it's raining here. I I've yet to have a May 2-4 weekend where it doesn't rain. Ah. We, we get There's never Memorial been a Victoria Day weekend. Day weekend where it doesn't Sometimes, but ours is the rodeo in Houston. I've never, seen it. Always. I've, I've never experienced a, a non-rainy Victoria Day. So, so I don't know what that's about. I guess it's just because it's time of year. So does it say what day her birthday actually falls on then? The 24th, I believe, is what it said. Let me look right. again. So... So that that's why May 2-4, besides the 2-4 being a case of beer. Wow. Which you need to open up your cottage on a long weekend. Yes. Traditionally, Canada. It's Following the death of Queen Victoria in 1901, May 24th was made by law to be known as Victoria Day. Okay, then. Yeah. And yet, we never actually celebrate. I wonder why we do that. 
never actually celebrate anything on the date. It's an odd thing. Well, we used to do that here. We used to actually have, you know, holidays on, you know, it was George Washington's birthday or Lincoln's birthday. or Now we have President's Day. Once a year we take a Monday off because the businesses said it was too disruptive having people gone on Wednesday. They would all call in sick. You know, the holiday fell on Thursday. They'd all call in sick Friday, and we can't have this. So <laughs> schedule them on Mondays so that we can plan. Right. And Okay. So yeah. right. it's, it's all about... It's all about comfort, really. It has nothing to do with the holiday then, after all. There there it is again. Yeah. So it basically boils down to it's a day off, so that people have extra time to open up their cottages, and most people don't remember why they're having this day off. So that's that's awesome. It's just amazing. And and most holidays, almost all holidays, have become that. And it's just, uh, wow. Yeah, well, we, we, we kind of brace our summer down here with Memorial Day at the front end. Uh, when we're supposed to remember something. No, oh, well, it's dead. Uh, dead soldiers, actually. And and then um, Labor Day is what we have in the fall, which... Yes, of course. We have you know, Labor Day as well. That used to be how you basically knew it was you were going to be out of school and you had to go back to school was Memorial Day to Labor Day. Of course, now school runs longer right. than that. But when I was a kid, that was pretty much when you got out for the summer. Yeah, yeah, I remember. May 24 was like the last hoo-ha weekend before exams, and then you went and did your exams, and you were done. That was that. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. Now my kid's in school till mid-June. I don't even know what's going on anymore. It was a parent (laughs) conspiracy. They didn't want the kids hanging out the house as many days in the summer. Mm. Oh. (laughs) You're right. I tend to, as a parent, uh, I tend to disagree with that because I I think it's so that they can make up for all the days that they took off during the, the year. Because I very rare that my daughter actually goes to school five days a week. I've never seen so many holidays. In fact, it's it's ridiculous. But let's not get on that because that's so boxy yeah, and we'll so just and, take off the whole and, show and we won't introduce our guest at all. And, so, well, and, and she's passed the patience test plus about three minutes, so doing a fine job. And uh, uh, that is the reason that we're here. And uh, so we have with us uh, an author uh, from the UK, as we discussed. And um, you might have seen or heard from her on uh, Facebook or heard about her on Facebook. Uh, The author of two high-heeled guides and now poppy seeds. And very mysterious that, but... But we'll find out what all of that means as we go along. We have with us this morning Alice Grist. Hi, Hi thanks. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Hi. Or good afternoon, I should say. Yes, it is the afternoon. And can I just catch you on one thing? You said that it's odd not to have an, um, a guest on who is not up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Can I just assure you that I generally am up at 3 o'clock in the morning, however it is with babies. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. It's actually... Um, it's actually a good. It's it's timely that you and I had that conversation, yeah. <laughs> um, because it, it it made us realize that you know now that we have we have literally have like a backup of guests, and if I scheduled them all in on just Tuesday and Thursday, we would be scheduled up till next January, 
and that's yeah. just not okay. So we've actually added some shows on, which is allowing us to play with the time so we can accommodate those overseas guests, which is awesome. So I'm glad that you had a baby and, and would prefer <laughs> to often, be with your baby at 3 in the morning as opposed to every day. Often up at 3 a.m. just not, not wanting to talk to us. Yeah. Or anyone, really, probably. Yeah, not really. I'm too busy changing diapers or, you know, singing nursery rhymes. Actually, to be fair, she's a very good baby, but you just never know what each night might hold, so it's not worth scheduling. Um and not being able to do it. <laughs> right, right. Well, mommy's sleep is very precious, you see. Indeed, when, indeed. <laughs> when you, that first year or two or three or four or five or 16. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't scare the poor woman. <laughs> uh, I, I have no complaints. My 16-year-old is awesome. Um, but I certainly don't have to yeah. sit up late at night worrying about her. However, I, I do have to stress that mothers do need to take time for themselves and and so many new mothers just kind of you know they start saying yes to everything and and don't really do all sleep later and blah 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 Mm -hmm. no ladies say no say no when somebody asks you to do something no my priority is my health and my baby and that's it you can all just wait and that should be the way that all women treat that unfortunately you know they don't all, and I wish they would because mummy sleep is very important. Mummy rest is very important, and mummy me time is very important. Absolutely. These are vital things that all women should recognize. And I'm wondering, did you um, write about that in Dear Poppy Seed? Well, Dear Poppy Seed is, is actually the um, diary of my pregnancy, so I hadn't got that far. Um, although I did ah. get as much sleep in as I possibly could during that pregnancy. And I was very lucky. I know some women um, find it difficult to sleep, you know, particularly during the later stages of pregnancy, but I didn't have that problem, thank God. So, <laughs> yeah, I got plenty of sleep in. And yet you still managed to bang out a book. Well, it was a diary, so it was quite easy to write. The problem was then writing it up, typing it up afterwards when I had the baby. And happily, um, my stepmother and her mum typed it up for me, um, which was great, you know. (laughs) That was so kind of them. And then I just, all I had to do was a, a final edit of it, which I did when baby was sleeping, which was probably exhausting and a mistake. And I probably, you know, if I'd have thought, you know, like you were just saying, mummies need their sleep. Um, I did, but I also needed to get that book finished and done. So I had a couple of weeks of editing while she was napping. Um, and then, you know, back to looking after me again. <laughs> well, a couple of weeks isn't too, too bad. And, no, and I, I still got it. after you. So yes. <laughs> and it was, it was very little. So, she, you know, she was sleeping a lot more when you know when they're very young um not like now whereas she's a little force of nature and a whirlwind at the moment fascinating babies are at least i find them so yeah i'll do that again (laughs) at this age but um yeah they're fascinating they're and they're also different (laughs) oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely they are also different (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, Rick. Um, Rick's prodding me because I haven't asked the question yet. We kind of jumped right in. Okay. Yeah, you raced right <laughs> past the question, and I thought... I'm raised the question. The question, quote, unquote. Okay, so we'll ask the question, and then we'll go from there. Um, so, Alice, mm-hmm. who on earth are you, and what do you do? Oh, God, that's not such a hard question. I was getting ever so nervous about that question. Okay, um, who am I? Um, I am an author, Um 
I, I do quite a few things actually, but you know, mainly I'm an author. My first book was The High Heel Guide to Enlightenment, um, which was me sort of having gone through a difficult time in my 20s and, decide, you know, being like many, many, many young people these days, sort of living for the weekend, um, consumed with, you know, going out partying, what am I going to do in my career, you know, all those kind of thoughts, not ever actually coming to any kind of decision and mainly just sticking to the partying. Um, I kind of burnt out a little bit, um and decided to go back to my early learning because uh, I was raised by a vicar, Church of England vicar priest, who became a Wiccan high priest, which couldn't be more opposite. Wow. That was my dad. Now there's um, a story. Mm, yeah, so, you know, that was an interesting turnabout and that affected my life. And so I was, you know, um, brought up reading tarot cards and meditating and, um, you know, healing, stuff like that. Um, so I after this sort of mid-twenties burnout crisis that I had, I kind of went back to that and, you know, started focusing on, on spirituality and, and thinking, well, who was I when I was younger? What did I enjoy doing when I was younger? Um, and I enjoyed spiritual things and I enjoyed, you know, things like tarot and, and meditating and healing. Um, so I started on a new path um, as an adult, trying to, you know, rediscover myself. Who am I? What do I want from life via um, a spiritual path? Um, but I didn't want to just stick with what my dad had taught me. I wanted to go beyond that. So I looked at all kinds of different alternative religions, Kabbalah, Buddhism, um, Wicca as well, spiritualism, as well as, um, you know, things like divination techniques. So you've got your tarot and your palmistry and things like feng, feng shui, um, and meditation, you know, all kinds of different things and healing techniques like Reiki um, and shamanism and shamanic Reiki. Um, and really just threw myself headfirst into all of those kind of things from my modern perspective. Um, I didn't want the book to be like a reference book. I wanted it to be fun, full of stories, things I actually did, things I learned, you know, mistakes I made. Um, and so they're fun, upbeat, that, that first book's fun, upbeat, um, kind of crazy way of going about looking at spirituality. Then the second book that I wrote after that was more like, hey, none of those really fit. I really enjoyed them. I learned a lot from these different faiths. But now I just want to call myself spiritual and see what happens, um, which was probably a whole lot more eventful than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> and so my second book was really about everything I learned, and it's set out in lessons um, and everything that you know, happened to me and all kinds of crazy ups and downs and chaos and, you know, stuff came to my attention. And so that book's chock-a-block full of humorous and serious and hopefully some wise stories um, about my learnings on, on being on a spiritual path. Um, and then the third book came along, which um, was Dear Poppy Seed, which was obviously when I became pregnant. Um, which kind of was the culmination of getting myself into a happy place through my spiritual path and me and my husband getting into a happy place. And hey-ho, what happens? Up the dust, <laughs> as we Brits call it. <laughs> and yeah, um, so that's the kind of, it's the spiritual journey, but also the very real-life journey of my pregnancy because, you know, as much as you might want to spiritualize pregnancy, it is a very um, earthy thing. Um you know, you get oh, indeed. you know moments of magic where you feel like you're connecting with the soul of your baby, and then you're in absolute agony because your nipples are burning like heck. You know, it's, right? <laughs> you know, so it's that kind of journey. It's the ups and downs, the the real life grittiness, as well as um, the soulful moments and the spiritual moments, um, as well as being an author. Um, I run a publishing imprint for John Hunt Publishing, um, which is an international 
uh, book publishers, and my imprint of that is called Soul Rocks Books. Um, and so I'm, uh, what we do is we publish books for a new generation of spiritual authors, so things that are fresh and different with a new voice um, that can appeal to the mainstream, to the masses, um, you know, get people who are pro- probably currently a bit mired in popular culture and um, show them as something a little bit more soulful. Um, and alongside that, you know, I've trained to do Reiki and um, oh, what else? I do tarot now and then, you know, I dip my fingers into a few different pies. Um, but mainly it's I'm an author and a publisher and of course a mummy first before all of those things now. So that's me. So hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And I find it fascinating that um, one of the things that you, you touched on and, and kind of made a point of, of pointing out is how challenging it can be when you decide to not embrace a title, so to speak, like as far as as far as which religious practice you are going to represent. That Because, um, you know, during my own journey and the writing of my first book, which was called Truth, the whole thing was focused on finding the commonality between all these different belief systems and realizing that there was a common thread between them and realizing that I, I couldn't really adhere to any of them mm-hmm. and that, you know, not a one of them made perfect and total sense to me, but bits of all of them were like the, my heart just sang when I when I was exposed to those bits. So, it you know, well, I thought that I thought it would be easy right, to yeah, stand on the truth of my being and, and drop all the stuff. Right. So we can I thought it would be easy. I thought people would accept that, that, you know, but oh my goodness, was it ever a challenge for the first two or three years to, to explain to people what I believed, you know, like, I mean, they really, I, I would try to explain and they would go, oh, so you're this. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. Because I also believe, and oh, so you're this. No, 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 I'm not. And I, I finally just gave up and said, I'm a humanitarian earthling. And I'm done. <laughs> you know, that's it. Because I, I couldn't put a, a title or a label on my spiritual beliefs. Yeah. And And you would think that would be easy, but it's not. And I think people, you know, they they think that it's 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 really challenging to to stick to a belief system and and you know a lot of people fight to to keep their beliefs and you know they defend their beliefs um but when your beliefs are so eclectic so to speak it's really hard to explain to people and you just get to the point where you just kind of go ah, uh, forget it you know mm. just whatever yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. And then it is difficult. And, you know, like I said, I toyed and played and experimented with all these different faiths. And like you say, some of them were so beautiful and so meaningful and have affected my life to this day, you know, and they still do. And there's so much meaning that I can take from them. But it doesn't mean that I want to subject myself to other parts of those faiths, particularly when they become more like religions and there is that dogma there, which does happen you know, in some instances, um, you know, I want to take what, as you say, what makes my heart sing and I want to make it my own. 
and I don't think there's anything wrong with making it my own. And that's really what the second book is about, is taking all of the learning that I've had so far and just thinking, I'm going to apply this to my life. Everything that I find beautiful, I'm going to apply this to my life and I'm going to go ahead with it. And I know there's people out there as well who kind of probably have the opinion that, you know, you should have one solitary faith and that will allow you to get deeper and deeper with it. Um, but And I appreciate that. But I'm kind of here to live day to day in my life. I'm human for a reason. I'm in a physical body for a reason, and I kind of want to get on with that. I haven't at the moment in my life got time to intellectualize my spirituality. I'm just kind of living it, and I'm living it through raising my daughter, through making food, through going for walks in the countryside, you know, and behind all of that and at the heart of all of that, I do believe there's more to life, and I trust that that applies to me, um, and I, I, it applies to everyone, you know, no matter who they are and no matter what they've done. So to me, it's connecting with an inner spirit that sort of exists individually and connects, you know, to a billion lives and things and all of life and non-life as well um, and with the universe. And it's knowing wholeheartedly that there's a greater scheme of things and that scheme only wants us to do our best and to live and to learn. And that, at the moment, for me, is enough. And, you know, maybe one day I'll go down a more dogmatic route or I'll go, you know, more deeply intellectual with it all. Um, But so far... What I've found and what suits me is, is you know, as I say in my books, is that I am a spiritual person and I'm taking, you know, these various lessons, things that mean a lot to me. Um, for example, um, you know, there's the whole ego and mind, and I think that's so important to address when you're on a spiritual path. Um, and, and understanding that not everything on a spiritual path is lightness and purity. There's a huge amount of darkness because we live on a dark planet that, you know, there's a mix of light and dark and, you know, there's chaos and stuff that we're going to need to overcome as part of our spiritual path. And, and being spiritual doesn't protect us from anything. Um, so, you know, I've taken all of those lessons and I've sort of introduced them into my life and that for now is fantastic. Um and like I say, maybe maybe it will become more in the future. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe I'll take it deeper. But right now, I just I'm writing for people who live in a culture where they you know they have no faith. Um, they don't know where to turn next. But perhaps they're beginning to feel a calling. And I hope my books are a bridge to them to a spirituality. Um, and I say in my books, you know, I'm not a guru. I've never claimed to be a guru. I'm just a a female out there, a young female, modern female, who is searching for her own soul. Um, and if I'm one step ahead of someone else and I can reach my hand back and pull them onto a path of their own, then fantastic. That's that's what I want to do. Well, if I may, and I don't mean to, I mean, no, I'm just going to bluntly say it. My love, I've been doing this for two years and I've spoken to a lot of spiritual guides and um shaman and authors and teachers and healers and and quite honestly darling i i don't think that it can get much deeper than it's all good it's all god i'm just gonna have the experience because that's what i meant to do and i know it sounds crazy simplistic to some people but i don't think it gets deeper than that i think that that is the core yeah i agree of the truth of our existence you know what i mean so i i and 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 that's I actually think that's pretty deep. It's a really beautiful yeah. gift to give that's, to people is to just stand on the truth of that and just be and do and and this is who I am, this is what I'm doing and this is it's it's me and I'm part of this and this is all God and we're good. And yeah. That yeah. to me is really cool. 
That's nicely to say. <laughs> and I agree with you. What? You know, I think it, these things are overthought and and it can become very convoluted. And actually, I think spirit and spirituality is possibly the simplest thing in the world if we can just accept that, hey, guess what? We're all spirit, even the really crappy ones of us. Um, and, you know, if we can learn our lessons and get on with it um, and share our love and share our hearts and sort of sort out our, our own messy heads, you know, on a very basic level, what more is there? What more do we need to do as individuals? Um, and hopefully, you know, once we've all got there as individuals, then there's a coming together as a community, and who knows, the world could become a better place. <laughs> mm, just and, like. and I think it is because there's more people like you out there now than there ever was. There's more people like you out there saying, okay, so I am a spiritual being having a physical experience. Now, the only reason I would do that as a spiritual, all-powerful being would be in order to have the experience. Why would I come be physical if not to have the physical experience? I wouldn't come and be physical just so I could go back to being spiritual. That doesn't make sense. I've come to have the experience, so let's just have the experience. Yeah, and I'm worrying about all the other stuff. We're in human bodies for a reason. We have sensation in our fingertips for a reason. You know, there's we have messy brains for a reason. Things I think on this planet are supposed to get messy. Um, you know, there's people out there who who go off and meditate for forty years, and more power to them. But I believe that we're here, you know, to to get in with that mess, get up to our heads in it. You know, right. and then sort it out. And I think there's a far more learning to be had in that situation. And I think that's the reason why human beings are such a state is that we need to kind of figure it out and and move on. Like I say, as individuals first, and then together as as smaller units, family units, friendship units, and then outwards into, you know, hopefully biggest you know areas of society and make the place a better place to be. Um, but yeah, um, spirituality. Is Interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, it, to me, in ways, too, it's a return because you look at, um, well, uh, ancient Hebrew, for example. Not even that ancient, just Hebrew that was spoken at the time of the early parts of the Bible. There was no separate word, no separate vocabulary for spiritual and physical. Hmm. It, 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 it was not the case that you had your work life, your leisure life, your spiritual life, your you, somewhere in this science thing. Which don't get me—I'm a bit of a scientist, and it's mm-hmm. th- it can do wonderful things. It's a Absolutely. fantastic play field. But this habit of trying to put everything in little tiny boxes and boxes in boxes is just nutty because it leaves you with this. Okay, well, let's see. I'm. I'm it reminds me of the there's a videotape from uh Abraham I think it they even put it up on uh their YouTube channel uh on one of their cruises this guy came in and he said listen I I uh have created several businesses and I make things happen and I just am having a ball and create all sorts of cool stuff and but I just don't I don't get this whole spirituality thing and mm-hmm. Abraham just looked at him and said yeah, you do. You've got it perfect, so why, what are you worried about this stuff? And the guy goes, oh, okay, thanks. Gets up and walks out. <laughs> and that really is sort of, there's there, there's a lot of wisdom in that. That And, and well, of course, yeah. we, we sit here and talk about it two to four times a week. So uh, for me to say that 
sitting and talking about it's not the point is a bit odd, but it, it, it's what I get a kick out of. It's what Jane gets a kick yeah. out of. So that's it. I get a kick out of writing about it. Right. Um, so that's what we're doing right now. But, <laughs> uh, but as far as like when we get off the radio, you know, I don't. I don't stand there and I and say, "All right, now let's see what is the highest and best good that I could possibly, you know, I yeah. I walk the dog and go get milk and." Yeah. <laughs> and we certainly the, the other thing that's important to mention is we certainly don't do the shows that we can save the world. I mean, the whole focus of the, of doing the show uh, from pretty much day one was that this was all about us. This was all about us learning more. The more people from around the world I can talk to about their journey, the more I'm going to learn, the more I'm going to grow personally and expand. And like I wrote in my third book, you know, if if people learn something from the show by default, it's not my fault. Yeah. It's just, it just is. But I'm still going to do the show because I'm learning and I'm growing. Exactly. And that's, that's the same place I'm coming from with my books, really, is, you know, I'm not writing these as the all-empowered, all-enlightened guru sat atop a mountain i'm writing them as someone who is experiencing it as she's writing it you know literally um and i think sometimes people have got confused with <laughs> about that and, and seem to think that i'm claiming that you know that i am a guru that i am um have the answers for people and i, and I don't i always say to them you know this is my path if it inspires you if it brings something out in you that you can relate to um in your own life then fantastic that's that's right. all i could ever wish for you know and in the meantime, if, if if all it does is entertain you, then that's awesome too, because that's yeah. kind of part of what I do is, uh, you know, I write to be entertaining. And people yeah. often forget that this whole enlightenment word simply means lighten up. <laughs> you know, really, literally, lighten up. Yeah, and I think people and, can get very heavy with spirituality, and oh. there's definitely a place for that. Um, but I also think there's a place for it being very light and airy and fairy and fun um, and that's you know well, that, where I like to fit in and slot in and, and do my bit because I, I think how how is the world going to become enlightened when we're getting so deep and heavy with it all all the time um, we need you know to make it a bit of fun we need to you know we need to compete with popular culture we need to compete with Justin Bieber to get the people of the world out there a little bit more lightened <laughs> up you know because oh, all these depictions of Spiritual masters over time, you know, whether it's Buddha or, or Jesus or whoever who, whoever it is in movies and books, and and uh, they're all so serious and they're walking around with this rather heavenly look on their. I think they probably laughed their keisters off re- right regular. I hope so. You know, and and I'm at least in Buddhism they have the laughing Buddha, but it seems like it's somebody else, but it's not. It's mm. just Buddha. And wasn't Jesus always turning water into wine? He was a party animal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and surrounded by children constantly because he loved to play. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I do find that spirituality can be a little bit exclusive sometimes. Um, and, and it shouldn't be. It should be empowering. Everyone should be able to um, access it and get into it and, and mold it to how it fits their life. Why not? Why can't we all be our own gurus? Um, why can't we turn to our friends for great advice and ourselves for great advice and learn about our intuition? You know, why do we need to, I don't know, go to a, a book that was written thousands of year, years ago, you know, or a book that was written last week? You know, hey, don't even buy my book. Listen to your own intuition. Listen to your own self um, and, you know, connect to whatever it is on the inside of you that rings true 
Um, because I think people, when they start on a spiritual path, they do look to others, and that's great because others can really help. Um, but the greatest power that they truly have is connecting to that inner self, that higher self, that they're probably quite aware of, but they just repress it a lot or don't listen, you know, or second-guess it, because um, that's so easy to do. Well, it's scary. It's scary to try. So there, there's got to be a way to, to learn to transition smoothly. Um, we know that a lot of the guests that we've had on had to go through a series of little experiences before they could really learn to trust their their inner wisdom. And so, you know, I mean, we often speak about little things that you can do, um, like just assume that there's going to be a parking space available for you next time you have to go to town and you have to go to the bank and you have to park on Main Street. Assume that there will be a spot right in front of the bank and just trust that yeah. it's going to be there. And, and and little things like that, you know, I mean, you when you start to see these things happening for you on a regular basis, little things, then your trust starts to really grow. And and I know that there's a big argument there for blind faith, but it's human nature to doubt and to fear. It's it's part of our duality. It's part of our human experience is to have these emotions, these doubts, these fears, these questions of what if. So if we can practice our spirituality in our everyday existence. And, and when, I, when I talk about practicing our spirituality, I mean that, that ultimate faith that all things are going to be as they need to be and that knowing that everything is okay. Yeah. If we can practice that in our, our daily existence with little things, going to the grocery... Um, see, one of, one of, we use it every day in this house, the way that I live. One of my examples is that I needed a new vacuum cleaner right out of the blue. Mm -hmm. I knew of a certain brand because I had used it working as a cleaning lady um, at a hotel. And I said to myself before I went to the store, it's going to be in the store. The first store I go to, it's going to be there and it's going to be on sale. And it was. It was $40 off its regular mm -hmm. price. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, I, but, and we, my entire household uses that. Every yeah, day, I, I do similar. Everything know. that they do. And it does work. You know, and one of the things that I talk about in uh, the High Hill Guide Spiritual Living, one of the first, because um, I do, I've got little exercises in there for the reader, you know, so that they can do them and, you know, hopefully get that little bit closer to their own faith and and get a better understanding of it. And one of the very first things I put in there is, hey, you know, you're going down this spiritual path route before, you know, sort of getting too much into the book and before doing anything else, let's just put it to the test and see what happens. Um, and what I ask the reader to do is just basically choose decide to have faith and ask for a sign and just see what happens. And that's, you know, obviously I talk about it in a little bit more depth, but it's as simple as that. And, you know, the listeners now can try that. If they've not already tried it in their lives, hey, try it again if you have done it before because it can bring up some amazing results. And I get emails quite often from people who've gone and done that test and they've just decided, right, I'm going to have faith in whatever I choose right. to believe in, a greater scheme of things, in a universe, a cosmic power, whatever, angel series, you know, whatever, gnomes, <laughs> you know, have that faith, choose to have it, and then just see what happens and believe it when it happens. And the emails I get from people with the signs that they've had, you know, are incredible. And that then, you know, re-empowers me to my faith. Um, and it's such a simple task to do. Um, and anyone can do it. It's just a matter of making a choice and actually believing in it and seeing it through. You know, do it for a couple of weeks. And when those signs come, allow yourself to have them, 
you know, take ownership and think, yeah, that was a sign and that was definitely for me. Um, and it's right. it's a beautiful ex- experiment to try. And it, I'm glad you threw that in because that yeah. it's important to emphasize that let yourself have it. Yeah. Uh, we recently posted a video with a clip from a previous guest, and that's really kind of what it's about is, look, if you think it is, it is. If you stop to question, is it? It is, or you wouldn't have stopped to question. Yeah. It, it, it um, you know, we were in Costa Rica recently for uh, with EC on the road and um, GPS unit that's sitting up here on my bookshelf. With I tried three times <laughs> to get it to give us a path, <laughs> and, and, and from where we were to the capital and the airport. And when we were going the other way, it would only give me this one path, but we didn't want to go that way. So I forced it to take us another way. And um, now here we are going back, and I want to go the path that it always gave, and it won't give it. I I tried three times with different, you know, and it just would not route us up that highway. Yeah. And, And so this time... We were bound and determined when we were going that we were going to go through these cities in a certain order because we had seen it on the website and it was synchronistic list of names. It it, it was meaningful. And um, and so we just wanted to go a different road going back. But, you know, after the third time, Gene was like, you know, hey, look, (laughs) let's not fight with, you know, let's just go with that. So we did. We went back the way we came, and uh, but we found a cool little place to have lunch. Very cool place, uh, just delicious food. And uh, while we were sitting there, there's big screen TV up there. There's a taxi strike in the capital, and the taxis have they're in the street from curb to curb, and probably twenty taxis deep. So like you couldn't even line up tow trucks and get them out of there. They have blocked the roads. And had we gone the way that I was trying to make, you know, that we were thinking originally about going, we'd have gone mm-hmm. right through the middle. We had to go right through the middle of that, which you couldn't. Yeah. So we'd have been horribly delayed. We'd have been stuck for hours. And hours. <laughs> instead, we had this beautiful journey with this lovely <laughs> lunch and this beautiful uh, furniture place that we stopped uh, to use the bathroom and look at their beautiful handmade furniture and. You know, and, and and so, gee, are you saying that, you know, spirit, the universe, what, whatever, God, whatever, it, it can speak to you through a GPS? <laughs> apparently. Yes. Apparently. Yes. It, 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 Absolutely. So, yeah. Everything. Believe Everything. <laughs> Everything Absolutely. and anything. I mean, people out there believe that, you know, okay, GPS has got some form of intelligence and energy to it that we're aware of. Now, people get signs from angels, they say, all the time from a feather. Now, a feather is far less technologically advanced than a GPS, so why the hell couldn't a GPS do it, you know? Um, that makes perfect sense. And, and, you know, sometimes the universe does take us on funny little trips and it, for no other purpose than pleasure, which is what you got from your, you know, little trip. Um, yeah. It, and, it, and what's it, it wrong with that? It would have been a horrible mess if we, had <laughs> of, if we had of argued with the GPS. And that's why, yeah. you know, after his third attempt, I was like, you know, obviously George doesn't want us going down that highway for whatever reason. And we didn't find out until three hours later why. Mm. 
But it didn't matter. We were perfectly content to to trust. And and um, we had a question in the in the chat earlier. Does trust come with practice? And and I think you would probably agree when I say absolutely it does. Yeah, I mean absolutely. Just the more difficult. you can practice it. Yeah, because it was you know we're so used to second guessing everything um, that trust is a hard thing to to get but i think once you start seeing that it's working for you and sometimes you don't get a reason you know um sometimes you might be stuck in traffic for an hour and it's the most frustrating thing in the world and you're thinking what on earth is this for but you don't and you'll never know but maybe you avoided something or maybe it was you know it could be something very small or it might even be for somebody else's greater benefit you, sometimes these things don't have clear and apparent answers but trusting um, and just being calm and and just sort of flowing with life. It's a very powerful thing to do. Um, and I think if if people were to really think about where they get most upset and most stressed in their minds and in their bodies, it's when they're not trusting, when they're, and the not trust turns to worry, and it's panic almost in your mind, trying to control your universe and your world through your thoughts, which of course is impossible, but you know, we all try and do it from, from now and then. Um, but actually the best thing is just to trust and let go um, and and flow with life. Um, and hopefully, you know, nine times, well, no, ten times out of ten, that's going to end up better for you, um, like your story ended up. Right. Absolutely. And, 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 and the more you trust, the more things that you need, want, um, desire, that you have strong emotional feelings towards will flow to you because you're flowing to it. And that's kind of one of those things that just naturally occurs. Um, you know, an, an, another quick story, which is a crazy story. We were looking for a new truck and we spent a couple of hours online looking at trucks. And then I said, no, we have to drive to this town. And my husband's like, okay. And then he keeps looking online for trucks. And I said it like five times. He finally like, okay, we're going. So we drove to that town that we'd never been to before. Well, we'd been through it, but we'd never been to it. We went, we stopped, we had lunch. Young couple right before us happened to speak English, awesome, and French, perfectly bilingual. Probably, you know, maybe a 10-year younger version of us was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, where can we find the, the car dealerships? And the whole time he keeps driving by all these dealerships. And he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm I'm biting my tongue because I'm like, he's like, no, too new, too new, too new. And I'm just like, eh. if we don't ever go into a dealership, we're never going to find our bloody truck. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we, yeah. we need a truck. We finally, he gets to the end of the, there's a whole bunch of dealerships on one road and he gets to the end of the road and it's the last dealership and he's going to turn around and go back and do the other side. But as he's turning around, he picks this random driveway to turn into, turns out to be a dealership. Mm-hmm. Just a little drive around, and there's a truck. <laughs> we look at the truck, and there's it's perfect for us, except for it's full of junk in the back. So I guess they went and did a dump run with it or whatever, and they they um, they never emptied it. So we're talking to the guy, and we want to take the truck. And I'm looking in the back, and I'm realizing, wait, there's doors in the truck. Now, we're about to renovate our garage to build it to turn it into a studio and uh, artist retreat. So I'm looking at the doors, and I'm like, baby, there's doors in the truck. So we end up making a deal with the dealership that they'll take $100 off the price of the truck if we'll take care of the garbage. 
And we get to the truck home, and all of these doors match the outside shutters that are already on the garage. Wow. And we got paid $100 for these doors. That's incredible. I mean, that's an amazing example. And that stuff like that happens to us all the time now. Like, it's literally how we kind of run our life, is that we just... Oh, stop there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, and and it doesn't, I'm not going to say that I'm perfectly sublimely enlightened and everything is perfect in my life and sunshine and roses and bunnies and all that. That, that would be crap. I'm human. I have emotions. I have bad days. I have times yeah. of doubt. I have times of fear. Um, but the one thing that I do do is I recognize it. And I think that's key that when I start hamster wheeling, as Rick says, in my mind, when it starts, uh, what's going to go wrong, blah, 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 I catch myself. And I have to, you know, work myself back to a place of trust. But I have all these other examples of when things flowed perfectly for me that I can fall back on and go, yeah, okay, that's what it was like. Yeah. So I have to have faith in that and trust. And so you know, that's why when I, I talk to people, you're bloody right, it takes practice. I'm still practicing, and I've been doing this yeah. for five years. Yeah, I mean, I'm practicing I, at, the, at the moment. As we speak, you know, I'm in a place where I had my baby. You know, I've devoted a huge, you know, oh, well, I'm devoting the rest of my life to her, but at the minute, a huge amount of time, because obviously she's so little. And so, that, you know, sometimes my mind does do those hamster wheels. You know, what's next for me? I'm not really doing anything apart from looking after the baby. What's next? What's next? What am I going to do? And have all these ideas. And yet I've still to do anything about any of them because I kind of then have to shut myself down and go, no, come on, Alice, stop with this, you know, overthinking of what you could possibly do because you can't do any of them at the moment. I could try and do some, but, it, it, you know, it takes all that I can, you know, all my energy and all my time just to set up doing an interview like this. So then all these other ideas that I'm trying to put into place mentally, I have to kind of, you know, have a word with myself and slow down and stop and actually put them to the back of my mind and think, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I'm totally trusting that something's going to happen to me, but now's not the time. Um, and yeah, so at that at this moment in time, I'm in that place of trust. And like you say, you do have moments of doubt, um, and particularly because this seems to be quite a long extended period of trust for me. <laughs> Um, because I'm not sure, you know, when it's going to change. But I figure it will change as and when my daughter's ready for it to change. It's not necessarily on me. And because it's about her as well, I'm cool with it, you know. So I just have to occasionally, you know, G myself up and go, come on, stop thinking about all this stuff. Um, and then continue back on, on this path of trust. Um, and, you know, I have got a feeling that, you know, there's, there's a few things coming up for me in the future. I'm not sure how, for example, I'm going to be on a TV show um, in the UK and um, it's going to be on BBC Worldwide as well about oh, my pregnancy. Cool. Yeah, and I forget about it because I'm in this place of trust about it. You know, I was filmed, me and my husband were filmed when I was pregnant um, and it, about our approach to pregnancy and, and mine being the spiritual approach. Um, and then I wanted to have natural birth and things like that. Um, and so that was all filmed. So at the moment, I feel like I'm kind of in a place where that hasn't been shown on TV yet. I forget that even it happened because it just, you know, I'm so consumed with baby. Um, and that's coming up. I know that's going to be shown in the next few months. So how that might affect my life, I'm not sure. But I can't put any real thought towards that because I have no idea. And so then all this time... But, you know, when I do have moments of, oh, what am I going to do next with my life? I kind of think, no, chill out, wait, be with baby, spend your time doing what you love, which is being with her and looking after her and playing with her. 
and then whatever happens somewhere down the line is going to happen anyway but right now the most important thing is being with her in this time of calm and peace and frankly before you know my face is on national television (laughs) you know I have a bit of peace and calm before that happens so because spirit knows that you can't get those those days back. Yeah, you just can't. You, well, you don't ever it, get those first first years back. And you know, as a mom, I recognize. I mean, I I love the concept of EC on the road. I loved going to Costa Rica to do shows in another country, and I do love to travel. However, as a mom, even though she's sixteen. I have very clearly recognized the fact that I certainly don't want to be on the road all the time until she's not in the house. Yeah. You know, until she's like 18, because right now she's a teenager. Her mom should be here most of the time. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I th- and I think that there's this deep underlying design- desire as parents to be with our children. Mm. And spirit sometimes recognizes that even if we on the surface do not. And motherhood is such a a vital, important role on this planet. And and good, nurturing, caring motherhood, present motherhood. So if, if, if you're doing nothing else, you're setting a beautiful example for the people who are going to find your work and who are going to... You've got three books out, love. You, It's time for a rest. It really is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Not that I'm very much of one. <laughs> but it's a rest with, with love. You know, it's, I'm in love right. with my daughter. I'm with her. I do not want to be anywhere else doing anything else, really, at the minute. And, and you know, and, that TV and, show... And was supposed, you? It was supposed to come out in January, as was my book. They were both kind of originally scheduled for January. And then for different reasons, me being too tired to finish my book in time and the TV thing is just because Kate Middleton, you know, the future queen got pregnant. Um, right. They changed the schedule for the TV and now they're both scheduled for around July, um, which, which I feel... You know, at first I was slightly disappointed that my book was going to be late and that the TV show wasn't going to come out straight away. But actually that extra time seven months extra is exactly what I need I need to be with my daughter now you know I don't need to be worrying about how I'm going to appear on TV or how it's going to be shown or you know what effect it might have on my life on my career at the moment I don't need that and you know July she'll be over a year old things will be different Um, she's becoming you know quite independent now she loves going spending time with other people um, like her grandmas and stuff like that so it's allowing me to have a little bit of time for myself not much but a little (laughs) Um, but it's kind of it's that trust thing again, and it's things falling into place without you know me having any say so, but actually working out for the better. You know, I would have thought for the best it would have been coming out in January. That's what I wanted. It didn't happen. It's happening in July. That's the best for me. And I, you know, I'm trusting and going with that, and it is working out kind of perfectly. Um, and what happens in July, I'm yet to see. But I'm not going to worry about that. <laughs> worry about that when July but comes. That- Exactly, because I don't know space. Once you get comfortable in it, it's actually a kind of cool place to be. Yeah. And and it's not necessarily easy to get comfortable in that space because we're, like, it's literally drilled into us by society and the way that we're raised that I don't know. It's it's not a legitimate answer. 
it's not okay to be an I don't know. What's what's next for you? That it's always a question I get. Well, what are you guys doing next? What are you doing next? What are you doing? And it's like I don't know. No. I don't know, but I'm okay with that because yeah. you know my entire career has been built on I don't know. It's when well, I try to force things. When we try to force things, that we had shit nine goes days' wrong, notice to, to go blunt. to Costa Rica. Right. right. And and two seconds notice to change the route going back home. But yeah. you you just uh, you know just like the the change in the schedule for your show and. Your book, yeah. different reasons, but then still here arriving together. Um, and I think that that, more than anything else, is the important thing that comes with practice, is that ability not to spend your time second-guessing and what-ifs and, oh, what next, and yeah. lay and the this that all we think out. We, yeah, the things we think we want are, are not necessarily right for us, and it's sometimes best to just let them go. You know, if I if I'd have gone down the path I wanted to go down, I'd be like an actress or a, attempting to be a model, which is some silly route I tried to take in my twenties, which just didn't work. <laughs> and thank God it didn't. You know, but I'm glad that that you know it's you're talking about the space of I don't know. I didn't know I was going to write a book until I started writing it. I didn't know I was going to start writing a second one or a third one until they happened, you know. And those weren't things I planned for myself. They just happened, you know. I probably quite fancied being a writer because I enjoy being, you know, writing. But I thought if I ever wrote a book, I'd be in my 50s or 60s, you know, with a whole lot of life experience under my belt. Um, but, the, you know, like you say, they happen. And once they're happening and once you know something's right and it works, then brilliant. Um, but if you going over things in your head and trying to control things or trying to make things happen and it's not happening or your heart isn't in it, then you need to stop and release and let go and trust. And, yeah, I've and laid out my goal sheet with my sub-goals or, or I've put the outline to my book so I can't write this today because I'm supposed to write that today. And mm-hmm. that's silly. And I don't, you know, I, I see old 50-year-old, 100-year-old stuff from authors that says this is how to write a book. But I don't. I don't recall anybody we've much talked to. Jane, do you? To, has really. I we've never talked to whole, an, an author and, who, who's who's laid out an outline. And, oh, I never and, did that. You know, <laughs> no. I mean, every single author Next we've ever year, had on the show is just book about so and so. I was driven to write this, and I, so I took a pen and I took my paper and I wrote it. And yeah. look at what I did. It's really cool. Um, but never, never any of them, and, I don't think, intentionally but, sat down to create an award-winning novel. They just sat down and wrote because they were driven to write. And that, to me, is, is a real... How many times? That, to me, is a real writer. How many times, as as new uh, citizens of wherever we grew up, with uh you know school and schedules and here's this school calendar thing for you to have to keep track of your assignments and you're going to need this appointment book and that how many times when that was still new to us did we go this is ridiculous when do i get to play when do i get to do what i want to do this is ridiculous make it go away well this is it this is when you get to do what you want to do and and so it's like this just like it was when you were a little kid and you didn't know what you were doing tomorrow but yeah. it didn't seem to bother you. No, you have no sense of time or urgency or anything when you're a child. It's just living and enjoying. Yeah, you watch these, you know, you're going to get to watch it, you know, one, two, 
particularly around when they start walking around. It's like, you know, they kind of stop and look around and they go, ooh, shiny. And they go, oh, <laughs> off they go. And yeah. and you run over there and you take shiny away from them because it's <laughs> fragile or grandma's or whatever. And they might be upset for 10 seconds. Yes, this happened today in our house. <laughs> and, 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 and then they... They they kind of survey and they go ooh shiny yeah and, and really that's what's so it was glorious when we were kids I think I don't remember complaining about it or having to take antidepressants no and everything was joyful you know if you have uh, you know as a, if you're having a happy childhood and obviously not everyone does but if you're lucky enough to have a happy innocent childhood then you don't find um, joy in having lots of money or having lots of possessions, but you might find it in a pebble or, you know, a bit of dirt that you can rub all over your face. <laughs> you know, box. that's what's great. The, the famous truth about the toy is you give the kid the box, they're happier. Oh, God, yeah, definitely. Or anything in drawers that they shouldn't you, be you in. You and them the box, you know. So, and there it is. I mean, if we just learn to to look to our children for a little bit of guidance mm-hmm. as to how, and I know that sounds crazy to some people. It sounds utterly insane to some people, but I've been doing it since my daughter was born. Oh, I've been watching her. Real. Yeah. I mean, they, they know there's nobody more connected yeah. than the, the new born tiny human. Yeah. They are still, Super connected to source, to to the all, to the everything, to God, to whatever you want to call it. I don't care what you're calling it today. It's all the same anyways. They are still connected. Watch them. They eat when they want to eat. They sleep when they want to sleep. They play when they want to play. And if you allow them to do that, and this is one of the best pieces of advice I ever got when I was a first mom when I was a new mom was let your daughter make her schedule don't force a schedule on her let her make a schedule for herself I did she was a happy well-adjusted peaceful chilling out baby she was so low maintenance it was ridiculous she's she's brilliant she has her own schedule um you know and it's not a burden on me she you know she's quite respectful of mommy thank god you know because I have let her kind of get on with things and you know sometimes you know, grandmas with the best intention in the world try and impose a little bit more of a schedule, and and I, I you know, try not to allow that um, because what's going on now suits us quite nicely. Thank you very much. You know, um, and I like exactly. her schedule; it's great, and and she is easy. She's a lovely child. She's a very happy child, um, and I do a lot of things with her that people, some people think are quite peculiar, like co-sleeping, um, but for me that really works, and it keeps us both happy it gets us a good night's sleep um you know and it feels completely natural to have her there you know 100 200 300 years ago we wouldn't have had houses with separate bedrooms and doors and walls in between us we would have all been in the same bed anyway um and i think that feels quite normal and you know helpful to the family as well as a good bonding experience um so well, yeah it makes a lot of sense I mean, it makes a lot of sense. If you're if you're the mother who's going to go the completely natural route and you're going to allow your child to sleep when it wants to sleep, which means, that, by the way, if you're a mother who's going to do that, you have to choose to sleep when your baby sleeps or else you're not going to get the sleep that you need. And 
when you're going to allow the baby to make its own schedule and you're going to align your schedule with that and and it, honestly to me it's the healthiest thing for both the child and the mother then it Definitely. makes sense that you sleep together in the same space yeah i i mean why would you well go you look at the process of putting the child down in another room and rocking it to sleep and laying it down and then having the baby monitors and all the hoo-ha. Instead, just put the bloody baby beside you <laughs> and you're both going to fall asleep naturally and you're both yeah. going to wake up and it's going to be synchronized yeah. and you're both going to be more rested. Yeah, that's what works for me. And the, and the baby will be well monitored because if the baby starts crying, you'll know because oh, you know. right next to it. You know, <laughs> especially when the eleven months old as mine is now, you might get a boot in the face <laughs> or something like that. Um, but, you can't but, miss it. I mean, <laughs> too, I can hear our, I can hear some of our listeners who are at least some of the mass consciousness out there going, yeah, but you can't run the society that way because you know some things in life take hard work. Well, listen, anybody that's had a toddler has seen them just, I mean, grunt, pulling on things and and stop and do complex engineering maneuvers, usually to make a tower so that they can climb up to get the cookies you put on the top shelf to keep away from them. But 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 they do. They glorious pieces of engineering. There's no way I could anymore. I have lost and am looking for again and finding my talent to just take some of my blocks and boxes and chair and thing and put it together and I can climb up it. <laughs> and it won't fall down and I and, won't get hurt. Right. And, and and but little kids do that all the time. Yeah. Naturally. And yeah. <laughs> and 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 if you just let that carry forward, I believe that it will be the you know, hydroelectric dams and high-rise buildings or not or whatever is called for. At the time, because it's just natural. That's what they do. Yeah. And you, you know, you say, well, but some of it's hard work. I said, like I said, I've watched them just, I mean, grunt and groan and strain, and they get it straightened out. You know. And so but they have fun doing it is the key because they they're passionate about they want that thing, and so it's natural for them to expend great deal of energy to get that thing. However. A baby who is trying to, have you, a toddler who's trying to get up on a chair, unless you tell them that that's difficult, that that's work, that that expended energy and that little bit of tiredness and straining of muscles and overexertion of physical being, unless you tell them that that A, couldn't hurt you, A, is hard work and difficult, or B, is hard work and difficult, they don't know that. They have to learn that that's work. To mm-hmm. them, that's just playing. They're trying to that's, get up on the chair and having a grand old quit. time doing it. That's when they quit making those great engineering masterpieces to climb up and steal the cookies. Is when you tell them it's dangerous, that you break your neck, and that it's hard work. Why would you do that hard work? Yeah, and, and isn't that where we start creating a lazy society who doesn't want to, you know, people who who want the easy life all the time, you know, because their parents constantly told them. You know, oh, don't do that, don't do that because of the consequences. Well, sometimes consequences can lead to great things or, you know, at least learning lessons in life. Um, and none of us would get anywhere if we didn't have to face our consequences. We really wouldn't. I couldn't agree more. You know, that, ah, don't touch that. 
<sighs> we all touched it. Come on. Oh. We all touched it. <laughs> Even if we had to do it when Mom wasn't looking, we all touched it. I stopped myself on an electric outlet. I did all that, you know? Oh, yeah. It's just... I picked up a soldering iron with my whole closed hand fist because, specifically because my brother told me not to touch it. Right. Might have not even bothered to hardly notice it. I wouldn't have even looked at the bloody thing. I would have gone, what's that? (laughs) That just makes things more, you know, interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. But don't touch it. Well, why can't I touch it? Here, so I grab it. it and see you know, why not. I, you know, the oh, thing yeah, is with yeah. kids, and I had them, um, when I was pregnant, I was looking after a friend's two-year-old um, for an hour or so, and it was absolute murder because I've not had to look after a child for ages. Obviously, I'm used to it now. But this, this child, she just didn't want to sit down. She wanted to run around. She was going crazy. Um, and I was kind of chasing around after her, waddling around after her because I was very, very pregnant at the time, you know, you know, thinking, oh, what do I do? Because obviously, it's not my child. I don't want her to get hurt. Um, and she was just like a whirlwind around the garden, wanted to pick all the flowers and destroy the place. I managed to get her to calm down and sit on a bench and sit and look at our pet rabbits. And it was only at this point, when she was completely still and peaceful, that she fell straight off the bench and injured herself. And it's just like, how typical is that? You know, she'd been running around like a maniac for the best part of an hour and didn't get injured. But it was in that moment of peace and calm when I thought I had everything under control when I really didn't. And she actually, you know, got quite a bad bruise on her little leg and I felt horrendous. And she really did cry the place down until her mum turned up. And it was ever so stressful. But such a lesson to me in that, you know, you can't control bad things happening. You know, they're going to happen irrespective. And, you know, quite frankly, why, you know, try to stop a child's enjoyment because, you know, she was running around liberated and free and happy. And nothing bad happened. Right. It was in that moment of <laughs> where I thought I had the control that I didn't. So there's, there's quite the lesson there. It, it is. I mean, how how horrible that she she got a bruise when she was sitting still. What oh, yeah. fun is that? <laughs> a crappy reason to get a bruise. You know what I mean? If I'm going to get a bruise, let's at least fall out of a tree or something. Come on. I know, I know. Right. It, it's just typical, but, you know... It's just that thing that you you think you've got control. Life has its own way of making things happen. And obviously the child needed to be running around having fun and sitting down was not what the universe wanted. And and also a lesson for me as a mother-to-be, you know, don't think that you're actually controlling the show because you ain't. (laughs) (laughs) Baby is. So true. So true. On that note, I think, Rick, you got a song for us. I think maybe we should take a quick break so that um, we could uh, refresh our teas, coffees, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about how people can find these books and how they find Alice and all of her work and all of her stuff because they should be able to do that because I want to read these books. Absolutely. (laughs) And um, so I think... Miracle Walking, because it's she's a miracle walking, and uh, and that's true of every mother, whether you're doing it quote unquote right or quote unquote wrong, and uh, and certainly for uh, these two ladies that I'm with and uh, Janet over there in the chat room too. So she's a miracle walking from our dear friend Ina V, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us, folks. Thank you. 
All right. That was interesting. <laughs> Thank you, Blog Talk, for making us look so good. <clears throat> that right up and stopped in the middle of the song, didn't it? Uh, wow, I think it really did. Yeah, I think well, it really did. Everybody was back and ready to go, I guess. So apparently, <clears throat> yeah. Well, well not entirely that, ready uh, to go. That would mean I was finger on the mute button, and you know. But hey. <laughs> I was I was looking at um, our rotating pictures here, and I, I have a question for Alice. And what is woo? Woo. Oh, that's not a phrase I've used for a little while. Um, I. Yeah, <laughs> do you know how that started? Um, it's I, I, I think I wrote a blog or something. This was a few years ago, um, and I connected to someone on Twitter um, who was into astrology, um, and she'd put on her website that she was into astrology, but she more meant astronomy, and she started writing quite offensive messages to me um, about how everything that I believed in and talked about was just woo. <laughs> Um, and it just sort of came from nowhere, and she was quite aggressive and nasty. And I just kind of took that saying of woo and kind of turned it around um, and wrote a few articles, I think, based on, on me being into woo and, and you know, the, the spirituality being woo, really, you know, that kind of woo-woo, la-la, crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of sort of taking the mickey out of myself, really, um, because, you know, some people do think spirituality is a whole load of woo, um, and that's fine. And I think that's quite funny, and it's quite a cute way of, of you know, turning it on its head, really. So that was what that was about. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, because life is all about perception and choice, right? Yeah. We choose how to perceive the world, and when we change our perception of it, the world changes. So somebody uses a word against us, change the meaning of the word. Yeah. Switched around. Yeah, and she, there's a lot worse things she could have said about me, and I kind of like the term. I yeah. thought, well, she doesn't mean it as a compliment, or she doesn't mean it as a positive thing, but I actually think it's sweet. So, <laughs> a sweet way of looking at it anyway, you know, so I just took it. Right, and, it. and occasionally you hear that, you know, you hear that people say, oh, that's a little woo-woo. Yeah, um, yeah. And, right, <laughs> your, your beliefs are a little woo-woo, but that's, and that's okay, because um, woo-woo means that, you know, I'm, not adhering to one thing, which to me is a good thing, um, which I'm not against anybody who has their own belief structure and system and um, it, anything that leads you to be a, a more centered, more powerful, grounded, loving, caring, nurturing individual, compassionate person is, is a wonderful thing to pursue so you know who, who am i to judge what is right and what is wrong however i've always gotten a kick out of that that particular word woo 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 yeah. um and, and i love the way that you use it which is why i had to bring it up because i was curious <laughs> how that all came about i mean well, well you know <laughs> well frankly if you listen to a couple of quantum physicists talking on one of these you know uh university stages and they put them up on YouTube. If you don't know quantum physics, it seems rather woo-woo when they start talking about spooky action at a distance and things. Yeah. Seems very woo-woo. A lot of things are woo-woo, which I think it just means that people don't get it and maybe that's cool. You know, maybe one day they will get it and maybe they won't. And either way, you know, like I said, there's a lot of worse things to be called. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So for our 
legions of podcast listeners, where can people find Alice's World of Woo and all her books and any other writing you might do? If you could spell that out for our podcast listeners who might not be listening live today. Yeah, my um, website is alicegrist.co.uk and it should be .com as well. Um, I'm not sure if I've fixed that up yet, but just go to alicegrist.co.uk if if the other one doesn't work. Um, Yeah, and I write, I mean, I tend to put links to all my writing on there, um, but I do write for Hello Giggles, sometimes for Huffington Post, sometimes for The Daily Love, um, and other places too, but those are the main ones um, at the minute. Um, My books, you can buy from uh anywhere really and you know if your local shop doesn't have them they can order them in um which is great you know if you can buy local and support your local bookshop um and also you know if they might not have heard of my books so it'd be nice for them hopefully <laughs> um obviously then obviously any of the sort of main big websites and things like amazon and and whatnot i'm not sure what the equivalent um shops are in different countries but you know they are available internationally um the dear poppy seed isn't actually out till july but hopefully the wait will be worth it um and yeah my website as well i tend to do a blog on there so uh i'm all over the shop really <laughs> awesome so she's easy to find so it's www.alicegrist.co.uk yeah yeah yep. for our podcast listeners and, awesome and just great stuff on there i i Loved your most recent post about happy holidays. You know, I just had the most wonderful holiday. I'm exhausted. What's that about? (laughs) In my family, we had a saying. We were like, you know, man, I can't wait to get home and go back to work so I can get some rest. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's true. I mean, that's the first holiday. Normally when I go on holiday, you know, I've not had a baby. And I don't ever want to come home. And I start fantasizing about going to live in the place that I was on holiday. But no, this time I just I was really wanting to get home. Um, because, you know, we had a lovely time. It was fantastic. But, you know, with a baby, you've got a routine. She's got a routine. You need to stick to it. And, you know, on holiday, it's like we were talking about routines before. We are trying to get her to, to sort of go along with the hotel's routine just because they serve food at certain times. And they what well, you know, it's exhausting. And we need to get back home and do what we do, um, you know, without having to fit into someone else's uh, regime, which is what it was slowly becoming. Um, so, yeah, it was a great holiday, but glad to be home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all need a break from our holidays, I think. <laughs> well, and time to let little little one get back to setting her own schedule. Yes, definitely. definitely. Working definitely. so much better. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just uh, one of those, you know, what would Dr. Spock say? We said, just leave them alone and let them do. (laughs) (laughs) All of us parenting be out of a job. We can't have that. (laughs) Well, they could try being parents. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's... I'm going to talk to these parenting scientists' kids, right? Of course, <laughs> yeah. Wayne Dyer does that in one of his speeches. You know, he, talk, he puts his hand on his hip and is rocking his, you know, tapping his foot, talking like his daughter, you know. Well, what would America think about Mr. Positive now? <clears throat> and I could, <laughs> I could see a kid doing that and throwing that in your face when you're trying to not let them do what they want to do. 
all the time. Wow. Kid and husband. I don't know if this goes for Alice with her husband, um, but certainly at my house, if I'm slipping and not paying attention to my own philosophies, I am reminded, sometimes not in the gentlest way. <laughs> Hello? Yes. <laughs> well, at least you now have, you know, code words and things at your house, like uh, unicorns and things. Yes. yes. Speaking of, we uh, we seem to have lost dear Alice ah. down the rabbit hole. Yes, uh, it looks like. I think that George is telling us that it's time um, for her to uh, go back and be a mom. And uh, we'll see if... Uh, She's still showing us online, but uh, it definitely uh, definitely cut us off. We'll try to get her for a for a goodbye, but uh, uh, we are almost at our ninety minute mark, which is our normal show. Uh, for those of you that are new with us, uh, the easy way to tell how long a show is going to be is look whatever's the schedule and length and subtract thirty minutes because we need that. <laughs> Well, we leave that 30 minutes as flex space because we often get the juiciest of the juicy right at the end, and apparently we've had it already for today. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. At least, at um, least the words from Alice. Uh, <laughs> but some amazing words they were, and uh, I think some really deep insights about parenting that have flown around today. Thank you to the moms in the room, uh, the virtual room. And uh, I certainly want to check out the high-heeled guide. And and I don't do well in high heels, I have to say. Um, Yes, well. (laughs) um, It is what it is what it is. Fortunately, that's the case. But... um, it is. Uh, and how awesome that she told everybody to, you know, look, go to your local bookshop, support your local bookshop. That's that's so amazing, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and and I have great appreciation for that. I have great appreciation for the authors too that would like you to get it from their website because the self-published authors that's really the only way they make any money because otherwise by the time it gets through all the hands, it's all gone. Absolutely. Jean could tell you about that. So, oh yeah, yes, yes. Just speaking um, of telling us about what's who, uh, what, where, when we have, we have a great we have, week. We have, we have, uh, fantastic. Actually, it's a re- really freaking awesome week um, for the week of of May two four weekend. Ha <laughs> ha uh, Tomorrow night. We have Cameron Bag, who is a paratographer. So it's a paranormal photographer. Um, seen some of his f- photography? Freaking awesome! I bet you he's got one hell of a story to tell. So anybody who's interested in the paranormal, this is definitely a show for you. Um, as usual, you know, if you want to come listen live, you can come call in, ask questions, or type them into the chat room. And uh, for for our listeners who aren't able to make the live show. You can always catch us on uh, the archives and get the archive shows delivered to you if you go to iTunes and subscribe to Everyday Connection Radio. Then Wednesday night, we have Brian O'Neill, who is originally a musician, um, but 
who started an organization called the Do Foundation. And what the Do Foundation does is they put families into homes and give them life, their life back and give them a second chance. And that's freaking amazing because we all know that um, there's still a great deal of recovery uh, happening from the financial crises. Uh, you can't say crisis because it's been crises ongoing. <laughs> um, so Brian O'Neill will be here talking about hopefully both his music and his um, his passion to put families into homes. And then on Thursday nights, we have um, we have Shauna Lovelay coming to help us celebrate our 200th episode. And um, she is going to be talking a little about about herself because we are introducing her. She's going to be um, starring in a new element of Everyday Connection called Stranger Connections where we take a camera and Shauna out into the public and randomly let her loose. <laughs> let her loose to talk to people. Um, grocery stores, banks, um you know, I'd love to get her into schools at some point if we can get a school to give us Somebody's permission to go on the grounds and start talking to teenagers. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm seriously considering talking to the principal. And uh, so we'll we'll see what she has in mind for that when she comes to Thursday night to talk to us about that. Uh, it's going to be grand because she's our latest addition to the to the inner family, I suppose, because all you've all of our past guests and all you folks that listen, we consider to be part of the EC family. So, And speaking of the EC family, uh, I think Alice is back. I'm back, yes. Uh, I'm not quite yeah. sure what happened there. <laughs> well, if, you know, if it was just uh, Gene and I talking, we would say, oh, George thinks it's time for it to be over. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that's George. You know, <laughs> spirit, everything, God, George. Sorry, uh, George. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, sometimes, actually, George does that to our Skype connection often. You, Gene, yeah. Gene will get a headache, and we can't stay. We can't keep Skype connected for nothing. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. we were just telling everybody about sure. our upcoming guests and uh, for this week yes. and a big week with our 200th show on Thursday. Oh, congratulations! Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Very exciting. Seems, <laughs> seems like only a dozen or two. But uh, <laughs> but time for us fly when we have fun on on the air, and uh, you'll have to come back and and let us know how it goes being on television. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be you know a pleasure. It's been absolutely uh-huh. lovely talking to you. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's been much fun. Well, I'm glad you had a lovely time. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, said during your little break that. Uh, some real parenting wisdom that I have some great appreciation for that has popped out during the show. Oh, cool. And uh, so big thanks to both of you mothers for your sharing. It's uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. Good. Awesomeness. Well, thank you, Alice, so much for being on the show. Um, we will try to get you back on. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to. So just... Send yeah. my email and I'll be there. Ah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, all right. check, check out the archive of the show that'll be up uh, uh, later this week. We'll have links to all those good spots. Otherwise, it's just alicegrist.co.uk. Uh, 
And uh, do join us tomorrow night for uh, Cameron, the paratographer. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Good day, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details.